0: everyone welcome to the podcast this week i'm very excited to be chatting with fellow australian artist ange miller what i love about ange is that she is so passionate about showing up and doing good work in our art community we chat about all of her latest offerings including her creative coaching and online training sessions So if you want to find out more about what Ange does, be sure to go over and check out her website, angmillerart.com and I'll also link that below in the show notes. Hello. Hello, Ange. How are you? I'm so well. Thank you. How are you? I'm brilliant. I'm so excited for this conversation. I know. Me too. I've been hanging out for it because this has been in the pipeline for over six months now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, well, I think um,
1: the last time we had an extended DM chat, I actually, did we ever talk on the phone or not? No. 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 That's so funny because in my head I feel like we actually did chat. (laughs) But I think, um, yeah, after that I've just always, you know, had this sense of needing to, you know, for us to have a conversation because I think we, we kind of resonate similar things. We can get somewhere,
0: you know. I know. Well, that's I feel the same way. I've always related to you. I've just felt that connection in all our chats. So when I decided I wanted to start doing the podcast interviews, you were actually the very first person that I reached out to. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Thank you. It's just I've always felt such a strong sense of community from the work that you do and the way that you sort of put yourself out there in the art community and encourage others and that is something that I want more people to know about. Absolutely, me too. Yeah, because um, I have to just take a bit of a deep breath because I um, have so many things that I want to ask you. So I'm having to just calm myself down a little bit.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, they're rushing at you like
1: wild animals.
0: Yeah, that's right. So, and I really, <laughs> I really want to enjoy this conversation. Like, yeah. I want to take them, you know, make the most of this opportunity while I have you, and you're generously mm. giving up your time. But when you sent me a message. to the other day and we're talking about doing this podcast and you mentioned how you're doing all these incredible things now, but it's been a long haul to get there. Mm -hmm. I wanted to kind of dig into that and unpack that because I think it's important that people understand just how much work goes on in the background as you build a creative business.
1: Yeah it is insane. It's full on isn't it? <sighs> it's so many hats you know I've, I've had to learn um, how to use a DSLR, mm-hmm. how to edit, how to do just enough Photoshop just to get by. Yeah. Uh, you know and then all the back-end technical stuff and, and then trying to You know, uh, I've got four children under 13, so um, managing that as well.
0: It's nuts. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I find it nuts. And as you know, I have, you know, my husband's a videographer and photographer, so I get mm, I know, access I'm a bit to those jealous. skills, which I'm sure that many people <laughs> yeah. are like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because yeah. I, I certainly have a, an advantage there. And, you know, he does the podcast editing and, and things like that. You know, when I look at someone like yourself, who's doing it all who's making the art filming videos for your coaching group um, managing two Instagram accounts for children like it's it's
1: it's full (laughs) on I'm really tired now that you say it like that (laughs) I mean how do you do it Uh, I think uh, I think it has a lot to do with grace and not aiming for perfection but just aiming for effect
0: Mm, I and love that. And
1: good is good enough. Yes. You know, good is good enough. I've just got to do enough to keep moving. And the carrot I'm chasing is being able to afford to outsource stuff so that I can multiply myself, you know. Yeah. And that I cannot wait for that because really what I'm doing is creating a way, a very efficient way of being able to paint without any pressure for sales or anything else that's my dream yeah my dream is just to make a way just to paint and this way if I'm uh teaching uh techniques and mindset stuff and um all kinds of things then it will be my job to to buy all the products (laughs) and freely test it and actually justify spending my time you know like oh, that is my dream, (laughs) just to to be able to uh, frolic in that, yeah, like a banquet spread before me (laughs) and that, yeah. So that's where I'm headed and it's, yeah, I think it's an efficiency to be able to work everything together so that you are meeting the cry of your heart, you know. And lots of people will say, well, No one can just paint, you know, without any pressure for anything. You have to justify it somehow. And so they kind of limit themselves and and block themselves off from that. But if that's the cry of your heart, then I, there must be a way. There must be a way to figure it so that it's working efficiently for you. You can monetize on it somehow and actually be bringing great value to other people in the process.
0: I mean, the way I see it, if you are teaching people to follow their heart and find what's within themselves through your online classes and your coaching programs, then then you have to live and breathe that, which means That's doing right. exactly that, like experimenting, exactly. yeah. exploring and taking the pressure off yourself um, so that you can encourage others to go to that, that special space you know, place within. So uh, that all makes perfect sense to me. But I also know it's a lot of work to get there, isn't it?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it really is. And I think that's where you really need to try not to compare yourself to other people. Like I've got to try not to compare myself to you with your um, (laughs) your video editing and uh, photography. <laughs> well, it's not and, mine. And just, oh no, well, that that is you know part of your part of your look. I know, I
0: know, and you know I'm very conscious of that as well because you know I do have a, a partner who is a professional photographer and videographer, <laughs> so mm. that that makes a big difference, and I certainly wouldn't be able to put things out to that standard without. That help, so it's really important to understand that, and as you say, not to compare where you're at, and oh. also to realise that what is important. I mean, the the editing and everything is the cherry on the top. It does make a difference, but at the end of the day, it's about you and what you are about and your style of teaching and mm. how you connect with your audience because that yep. is by far the most important thing. Yeah. Well that that's your that's your main asset, mm. isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and mm. and that's what I always say to people you, who you are is that's your brand. That's that's yeah. the most important thing that you bring because we're all so unique and it's what, you know, people think of when they think of Ange Miller. That's mm. important. And if you can get the basics down around, you know, the video editing, like what you're doing, just learning what you can in order to have things like good audio and, you know, just having things in focus and um, being able to do, yeah. some, you know, just some of the basics, then yeah. that will carry you a long way. Absolutely. Just
1: making sure that you have your phone sideways instead of up and down, just basic things like all the things that you learn the hard way i <laughs> know i've done like a whole 20 minute video only to realize that yeah that it's the wrong way and it and it won't do and i have to do
0: that whole thing again <laughs> look we've done all of those sorts of things we've recorded things without audio and uh, all sorts we've had to film whole <laughs> online classes again because we've messed things up we we've yeah. spent a year of just messing things up basically <laughs> <laughs> it's all part nobody will know <laughs> yeah it's all part of the process I think it would be interesting for people listening to hear a little bit more about your background for people who don't know too much about how you got started painting and then we'll move into all the juicy things that you're working on at the moment so where did this all start for yes. you
1: okay well I was always uh I was always one to lean into creativity. I was a bit of an airhead. That that's also it <laughs> seemed. But um, now looking back, I can see that was that's what a visionary child looks like. <laughs> Somebody who is um, prioritising dreams and ideas and connections. That's that's what it is. So I was always drawing. I've got a family of seven children. And we didn't have television for most of our growing up. And we just, yeah, drew a lot together, actually. We'd have a big um, butcher's paper roll that my mum would buy and she'd roll it out on our kitchen table. And we would do all these, you know, where's Wally? Or in in the US, I think they call it Waldo. (laughs) All these tiny illustrations that would cover the whole sheet and there would be all these interactions going on between, you know, it might be a war, we might be you know, uh, illustrating a battle or something like that. And that would keep us occupied for so long. And there was so much creativity going in there because not only the actual drawing itself, but telling a story and, and letting it just build. And nobody had a real idea where this was going to end up. And often it would end up being torn up and scribbled on because we had an argument about something (laughs) yeah I just my my brothers and my sister that we just always um were creative making things and I really value that I value that that my mum restricted our screen time (laughs) no it's a it's especially hard in this day and age but I think it is so difficult isn't it yeah I think it's it's already in us to unfurl and if we provide distractions so that children are not bored we actually enable them to not unfurl or to get confused about who they are or where they access their, their their thing you know
0: their their heart's calling i think children these days they they struggle with the same things that we do on online you know that like mm. comparison not feeling like they're good enough that everybody's got things that they don't have um constantly looking for sort of that instant gratification
1: and just value where's my value yeah I'm I'm
0: not measuring up like like that
1: person like I perceive that person to be measuring up
0: and losing a sense of self in all of that as well Mm. because who are you when you're looking at all these different things and being pulled in a million different directions yeah sometimes you get confused about well what do I actually love doing and yeah when you take that all away, then you actually realise things like, you know what I love doing? I love sitting around the table with my family and drawing and chatting yeah. and sharing stories.
1: Yeah, that's right. Just being in nature, just going on adventures. Yeah, we, we did a lot of that growing up too, just um, a lot of time spent in nature, bushwalks and all that kind of thing. I did take art for, for high school, but struggled with it just because of the pressure. And, and that's what I felt all the way through. I, I went to college and did a BA in visual arts and design. And the same thing, just the, the pressure of the academic style, the academic approach really um restricted my creativity or or restricted me from being able to see who I was and and I was often blocked and it seemed to be something that everyone accepted as a normal part of of, of any artistic endeavor that creative block was just to be expected and you just I don't know just change up the media or go, go to a museum and have a look at things or you know and there are all these band-aid kind of solutions and it wasn't until I went back to the same um, college to teach that I was really confronted with this as a problem because if I was to get any job satisfaction and actually teach my students anything you know that was effective, I had to get past this construct. The further I looked into it, I analyzed it to be a lack of creative confidence. I'm pretty sure that it goes right back to early childhood. I'd say, because everyone seems to be born com- um, mm. confident with their creativity, they're aspiring, they're adventurous, they try and try and try again. You know, all these things are, are what we need to be able to grow and expand. But somewhere along the line we get disillusioned and discouraged and judgmental of ourselves and it seems to seize everything up. You know, it was pretty amazing at this college. They They love me, so they just let me teach What, you know, whatever I thought was appropriate. So I was able to test, (laughs) yeah, and try and figure out ways that I could get around this creative confidence um, deficit in order for for people to see what was really available to them. Because if they could just see this tiny little snippet of spark, of hope, then they would understand that it's possible. And then when they understand it's possible, this whole, um, it's almost like, like the floor drops out and there's this whole level underneath where they, they can adventure and explore and and build confidence that way instead of um I think it's it's this idea that something is expected of you, but you don't actually have what it takes yet. And so you've got to fake it till you make it or um I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I it's do. It's
0: measuring up. I do. And there's there's so much fear around Um, you know, whether what you'll create will be good enough, whether, you know, it, yeah, it measures up to others, whether it's what you really want. And it, it just puts up this big barrier and, Mm. and often we, we don't have the courage to explore things outside of, I guess, what's, you know, what's kind of predictable. And when you start to get confidence, you push into that space that you were talking about where suddenly it feels like there's room for you.
1: Oh yeah. Endless possibility. Yeah to the point where you just don't, you know, every, at every turn, another six avenues present themselves and you have to choose which one to go down.
0: I know it becomes a a different kind of problem in a way um, because you've reached this spaciousness and yeah, you feel empowered and then you can go out and seek what you need and make things happen and try something different. Yeah. And find connections that,
1: Otherwise, he would miss. Yeah, that's right. That just makes things so exciting and efficient.
0: Yes. (laughs) There's an efficiency about it. Yes, efficiency. That's an interesting concept to talk about in relation to art.
1: (laughs) I know. Who would have thought? (laughs) But I think um, because I'd find myself saying this to my students when I'd be demonstrating. Instead of having to painstakingly add detail to things To find ways to get the paint to work for you, if you understand the characteristic of the paint that you're working with and the tools that you've got, find very efficient ways of, of working with it so that when you stand back, it's actually representing all that painstaking detail that you could have spent hours doing but you didn't need to because if you just like swoosh with the palette knife like this and and scratch a couple of times and stand back it's actually that's that's all you need you know Mm. that's efficiency
0: (laughs) that's really interesting I guess it comes down to really getting to know what your materials can do and and refining your process
1: that's right and that's all displayed in play yes (laughs) give yourself time to explore and play and test. And make ugly messes, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I've definitely had to work with myself around the whole permission to make things that are ugly. Yeah, like it's been something that I'd get frustrated with and now I'm becoming more accepting of all the work and seeing it as all having a, a value.
1: Yes, that's such an important part because nobody wants to do something that's not really going anywhere, that's not mm. worth anything. It's like that Chinese torture method where you have to dig a hole and it's being filled in at the same time. Yeah. Like that's That's, that's what it feels like sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but to realise that there's great value in in all those failures, as long as you... Um, aren't distracted by the failure itself, which is a kind of an ego trap, you can analyze and build your repertoire of aesthetic taste, your flavor, you know, because that thing's ever evolving. And if you just, um, if you're aware and you're observing and analyzing, then you're, you're just building on that, that aesthetic and enriching and strengthening it, which is so exciting, you know, to discover more. Ooh, I love this. I've never seen this before, but it's, it's really speaking to me and I can't wait to add it in with that, you know, and, and it's, it's something that's quite difficult to put into words because, and that's why we have to paint it because you can't speak it in words <laughs> right yeah so but um but having all these looks you know these these styles and 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 little nuances of texture and i don't know all kinds of different things that are hard to put into words but having them all together and feeling that resonating oh this is this is me you know this oh, is what i love that's the best isn't feeling
0: it? isn't it that yes. feeling when you just make that connection with something and it just feels right yeah yeah so you're teaching how long were you teaching for
1: i taught there at 10 years 10 years taught for 10 years I think you and said then that, um yeah. Yeah, they they had some budgeting, you -hmm. know,
0: things shuffled
1: around and um, cut staff, but that was a golden era. And the students that came through, we just, yeah, it was really memorable because of um, the staff that were there at the time, all kind of brought something unique and, and made quite a beautiful whole in in the experience of these students coming through and and learning to speak, it's kind of learning to speak, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah. Learning how to how to do your art. So after that, I started offering workshops just in my garage and um, just working with women in the evenings. Then that got quite difficult just with the the family. So, um, it was a while again before I offered workshops. But in that time, that's when I stumbled into the alcohol inks. This is about four years ago, uh, and yeah, um, cause
0: so you really shifted into the fluid art. Was it about four years ago that that happened, or yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah th- for three or four years ago. And um, it was when we were just starting to see Alcohol ink on the UPO paper on Instagram and nobody would tell me what it was when I'd see it come up. I'd say, hi, this is amazing. What medium is this? <laughs> nope. And sometimes they'd even delete my comment. Oh, really? Wow. I didn't
0: realise it was, like, realize it was so secretive at that time. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, and
1: it was um, artist Sue. It was Sue. I think she's in Melbourne who was lovely enough to tell me what it was. So I ordered some and that just, oh, that blew my mind because I I do remember seeing ink and it would have been alcohol-based, you know, coming out of a marker or something and and leaking onto paper and having similar effects that I'm seeing in my art now. So it's something that I've recognised from accidents when Mm -hmm. I was young, not really knowing, you know, that kind of just being a missing piece and then seeing it again and, and saying, oh, now I can, you know, I can really explore this for all its potential yeah but I I did get a bit fidgety after about three months of playing with the alcohol inks I do require variation in my work to appease my aesthetic aesthetic eye yeah (laughs) so I started mixing media in I'd never seen anyone do this before I'd I'd only seen you know alcohol inks so it was really just me just having a big mess on my table and, and thinking oh here's this let's put this in see what this does (laughs)
0: I love that. I love that science experiment type feeling (laughs) when you're making art and you're just not quite sure what's going to happen. It's so cool. It's very satisfying.
1: (laughs) Yep. And then I got the MIMCO collaboration.
0: Yeah, and, exciting. And they,
1: yeah, I was, you must I, have been I, I over the moon,
0: a big happy dance. Oh, I was. Yeah. I thought it was a
1: joke and then when it was real, I yeah. just had to keep pinching myself. But they they sent me a colour palette and, and wanted me to, you know, to obviously to work with those colours. So that was a whole new challenge because I had just been showing up and, you know, making these potions and just seeing what comes out. Potions, I, I love that. Yeah, I'd never been required to actually work within any rules or constraint with colour palette. So I, I had to really get my, my science, um, scientists hat on then and, uh, yeah, just figure out how to match the colours that they wanted, but still with the effects that I was achieving that sort of drew their attention mm. to me. <laughs> yeah, so, um, but, I, but I did it. And I think the greatest thing that I learned from that collaboration was the importance of quantity when you're in a pressure situation. So I, um, with the colour palette, I think I must have done more than 10 pieces initially and presented them with the few that I was happiest with. And then they chose one and said, we we like this one best, but we want you to make this other colour the main colour. So (laughs) I had to go back and (laughs) try and figure out how to make shellac into a, um, a wine colour <laughs> that was the main colour on, on the bag. So then I went back into process, made another 10, I think, and then they um, presented them with four that that were my favourite and then they chose two that, that made up the print. So that was really interesting just to see how that could have been some, uh, you know, a pressure situation that, that could make me seize up. But just to lean into quantity.
0: I mean, I do that just in my everyday practice for myself even when I'm just messing around to take the pressure off I work on many pieces and and I've seen you when you do commissions you often do a few different ones like when you do the large big paintings so that you can kind of give your client a a choice and I think it's
1: it's especially um necessary when you're working with media that has a mind of its own
0: <laughs> yes, well, it's got such an unpredictable quality to it mm. so it's it's different to other mediums and commission processes so it makes oh, sense to right. to have multitudes to to look at yeah. and and choose from but that that was one of the things that really helped me when I was... Was beginning to paint, was starting to look at the quantity side of things and just mm, paint
1: more. That's right. Well, immediately you've got, you're allowing yourself uh, this freedom to explore and to make mistakes. And, you know, and I think it's a good way of uh, tricking yourself out of pressure, because if something, you know, if another path presents itself, you, you're kind of more free to to go down there and explore down there, because there's all these other four that are still fitting the brief or, you know, that you're kind of happy with that you're happy to leave. So you, you're sort of allowing yourself a greater adventure.
0: Yeah, because I often find I end up with the odd bods, you know, like when I create a whole series, and I end, up with something that's different that doesn't quite fit but it's interesting mm. and then I put those to the side and they are usually the sparks for for new work yes. down the track you know they're the odd yep. bunch but they're actually <laughs> they're actually they're, they're really carrying something yeah, vital. really special and important so I put them aside and I know that their time will come later <laughs> when I get back onto the work it's a bit like people really isn't it <laughs> <laughs> yes the odd ones <laughs> You did some workshops out of your garage, you're working at home, you're raising four children and you, so at this point, what's your main sort of business? Are you selling art to make money or is it the workshops or?
1: Yeah. At at this point, I mean, I, I get, Um, commissions now and again yeah but um yeah I haven't really been able to focus on just producing work uh, for a little while I'm I am leaning into the surfaces side Mm -hmm. of things
0: so this is experimentation play still sort of fine-tuning things
1: more of
0: the coaching
1: and writing actually like the concepts. yeah figuring out um, how to describe things how to articulate what is enabling me a richness in my creative explorations in my creative experience and being able to um, yeah just articulate that and find directives that I can offer people so that they can break out of their their boxes
0: Ah so so at this point you're you are sowing the seeds to developing your coaching program and other offerings that come later on. Yeah,
1: it's it's like support, yeah, support and and doing the coaching has just been the most brilliant thing. I just can't sing enough about it because <laughs> it's what happens is that, you know, I start off with something powerful that's from my experience and then I apply that to somebody else and and we give it time to take root and actually have an effect and then the way that they you know, report back to me or any questions that they still have, any problems that still come up, allow me to to push further and so much deeper into what I'm actually um, believing, you know, what I'm standing on in my experience so that it's almost like my creative foundation is just filling out and solidifying under me <laughs> because of this, because of having to push deeper and, and delve further into what it actually is, why it works, why does this work?
0: yeah i i mean that's the beauty of teaching and coaching isn't it that not oh, only totally. are you not only are you helping others but there's this powerful work that goes on inside yourself because you have to do that work in order to be able to teach. You have to That's take yourself right. to that deeper level of understanding around what it is you do, your process, your what's behind it. Why is it working? Like yeah. you're asking yourself those powerful questions that um, unless you're doing that type of work, I think often get overlooked. So let's talk about what you're offering at the moment and the coaching program that you run so that anyone who's listening can get a sense of what it is and how they could get involved if they wanted to
1: right yes so I'm gearing up for the next intake of applicants it's called the chrysalis for the art heart it's aimed at women who are experiencing creative block or wish that they could do art but they're just overwhelmed don't know how to start Uh, there might be all kinds of beliefs that stop them from actually engaging in a way that's effective uh, for them to build confidence, and and it just keeps petering out. But it's something that they just can't seem to let go of either. I've got a, a whole set of of concepts and directives we work with journaling as well. I give journaling exercises. That's quite a big component. Um, And it goes for three months and we do fortnightly calls, which go for 45 minutes. And it's just brilliant just getting to see, oh, I've got women all around the world. I, I get to really get a look into their life and their, you know, their troubles and things that are blocking them and restricting them. And I get so excited because I I, I feel like I've I've come so deep in this now that I can kind of just look up and just see quite easily what oh, so is it like this too? And they say, yes, yes, how do you know? <laughs> and, and I know what to say, you know, I just, oh, well, you just need to do this because it's, you know, and it, there'll be some kind of concept that empowers a, a new approach. And we are seeing breakthroughs that they're not experiencing in two years of therapy. You know, th- this actually goes beyond art into the nuts and bolts of life itself. And, wow. and where they are restricted in their creative process They're actually also restricted just in their view of themselves and their life, which is I I was not, I kind of knew, but I didn't realise that it was this profoundly represented by, you know, a person's creativity. Oh, wow. (laughs) It's just, yeah, it's just amazing to me. So, um, yeah, so this is the second round. I offered a trial service the first round just so that I could refine and make sure that I was offering the right thing, that we were, you know, just fine tuning it. Just received such great feedback from that and and testimonials.
0: That's a really good idea to offer, Mm. you know, a a trial and to get some feedback on something that you're putting together. Did you find that that really helped you to kind of solidify what it was that you were? Oh,
1: it was pivotal. Yes. (laughs) And it also gave me great confidence in in my program so that I'm able to offer a 90-day 100% money-back guarantee, that, that you will find something valuable in this process, that, that there will be a difference. So that was the first group and then...? Yeah, so the, the second group I was still realising that I would need to provide some extra technical sort of um, support because, I mean, there's there are all these YouTube videos and all kinds of things available But my approach is more about delivering information so that you can explore for yourself rather than step by step, do this, then do that, then you'll get this result, which is very much a school kind of approach, the academic approach. I kind of needed a set of particular technical applications and exercises to offer my ladies that would complement what I was teaching them with mindset training and, and give them a way of actually exercising those things to, you know, it, it's really about balancing creative confidence building with skill set um, applications. So that I think the two go hand in hand. Yeah. So that, that sort of prompted me to start building this portal of technical training, which I'm also offering for sale just as Um, You can buy them as individual uh, training series.
0: Ah, so you don't have to be in the coaching group. You can access the technical training. Yes. Ah, yep. Now, that's exciting. Yeah, there's a
1: (laughs) bit of mindset stuff that I I have to deliver in there too because I I really can't in good conscience – teach anything without you know give, giving some advice on setting up your headspace I, I think it's um, it's it's make or break really so I've just got the first one which is the intuitive art approach is the first one and I've got an acrylic abstract video series coming out first up that's on the 6th of June that course is open and that's just the start. Yeah this is exciting Ange. I am so excited there's not enough of me to do you know, I just can't wait just to have this wealth ready for people and to see the effect of it. It's like the greatest artwork I've ever done. That's what it feels like. <laughs> because, you know, when just doing one painting, you you're looking for something. You're looking for an effect right? And and you're kind of analyzing and testing what can I add to this? What what, can, what needs to come away from this for, for this effect? And that's what I feel like offering all this training is a very similar thing. I'm offering this and I want to see an effect. I want to see something happen where where people can say that, that changed me, that changed everything. You know, I, I can I, I feel like I can explore now and I can see who I am. I, I know which way to go now and that just means everything to me. <laughs> I'm just You've really got a excited. clear
0: direction, you know where you're heading and you've got the capacity now to impact many, which is beautiful because you've yes. been you've been building this work for such a long time and it's a culmination of decades of digging in deep. Yeah.
1: It is decades. <laughs> like when you really think suffering. about it, yeah, it's, <laughs> yes. it's
0: hard work, it's juggling, it's, but you've stayed the path and now you've got this opportunity to um, be able to spread that. Yeah, absolutely, and I'm glad you said
1: that. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you said that because ten years ago, I would have had no clue that it was going to look like this. Mm. And and I think that's a really important thing too. For you know, I say this to my coaching ladies: don't don't be so quick to set an end goal that's solid because you actually don't know if if that's really what it looks like. And and you might be working towards something and miss out on extra evolving that would make it into something more effective. and more unique.
0: Do you know what I mean? I know what you mean because I relate so much to your story because I've had a similar kind of path where I would never have guessed that I would be doing the kind of work that I'm doing now, even as recently as, you know, two or three years ago. I just wouldn't have anticipated and I would have yeah. laughed. I would have just gone, no way. No, yes. yeah. <laughs> <Like> that's, <laughs> I was, You know, like we're, we're capable of things that are so much bigger and expansive than what we realise, mm. but it takes persistent action and resilience yeah. and being able to to be happy to take small steps towards whatever that future might hold without even really knowing what it is Uh, so it's bravery absolutely (laughs) yeah and faith yeah yeah faith faith. yeah that's what it is it's it's faith that there's Mm -hmm. something that's at work that you can't even really pinpoint but you are sort of but if I show up yeah if I just keep showing up and you know when things happen maybe that uh you know you get me down I just pick myself up and I keep on sort of moving Keep moving.
1: Yep. And be ready to pay because it costs everything you have. Oh, yeah. In in installments. Yes. Over and over again. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like, it is like sowing seed. Yeah. It's going to grow and it's going to bring, bring something
0: back. It does give back over time. And I absolutely, I, I'm, I'm going to be thinking of you and hoping for you that the dream that you described at the very beginning, that you begin to reap all the rewards of your hard work. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, Because I know you've been working so hard in the background and you've got something that's incredible and it's, it's only. Just coming to the surface now, which is, oh, so, is. yeah, like there's more. Yeah. It's like it's just the the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, you know, it's <laughs> just just popping out and then there's so much that you have to offer.
1: Thanks Laura. I need to honour you just for um, the platform that that you're building for support and what that effect is going to have for people. I think I'm just in awe of that and I think it's so powerful and so beautiful and we do need more of this community building. We've we've all got something for it. If we just give ourselves the space to not be judging ourselves or trying to measure up to expectation, we actually see what we have to to bring value to community. Yeah, and that's efficiency. (laughs) That's efficient.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I feel like we've kind of, we've lost a bit of that sense of community just in our everyday lives, um, as well as in the art space. And, you know, we have the ability to bring some more of that back.
1: Absolutely. You know,
0: that through the way that we conduct ourselves, the conversations we have, that we can take responsibility for our own actions and the way that we show up in the world. And when things happen, like you do get, envious or you know it happens to me as well I compare myself all the time and you know and I go oh you know and then I realize I'm not I'm not cheering that person on when I should be yes absolutely yeah that's that's the biggest mind shift and so for me it is a practice of doing something that's not all about me Stepping back a little bit and providing a platform for others to be able to be seen. That's powerful. And that's what keeps me going, gets me out of bed, mm. <laughs> you know, and that's what you need. You need something that you would do it anyway. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, yes, this is true. Yeah. Yep. Like over time, you know, you grow and things, you know, things become profitable and all that sort of stuff. For most people that I'm chatting to, that was never really the original intention, It happens because of a passion for something that they would have done anyway. And I think that's where the key lies because that passion that you have for whatever it is that you're doing, that's the thing that will keep you showing up. Absolutely. And without and, it. And keep you real. Yeah, keep and you, keep you really grounded. And, yeah. and then, you know, as a byproduct of that, well, you may well go on to have a very successful, profitable business, comfortable life and all of those things that we, we all aspire to in a way. But it's not the thing that's like driving the car. Horse yeah. before
1: cart yeah. is, you know, putting, putting the wrong thing first. Yeah. And, then, and then you're actually, you know, you're robbing yourself of the joy that could have been if you were just responding to your heart's cry,
0: which brings us right back to the beginning of this conversation of how (laughs) it all started for you, which is responding to your heart's cry. Um, Yeah. So, you know, that's where it's at, isn't it? And, Mm. and, And what you're offering is a way for people to connect to that, to their heart. Yeah. Find out
1: what it is, how to respond to it. How to how to analyze it and see it even because sometimes it's not even apparent it's just this this aching that you you don't know why you don't know where it comes from you actually don't know that it's got a positive spin if you just look at it this way it's actually something quite positive and you can you know start feeding it like this and before you know it, There's no problem anymore. It's just this flourishing, beautiful part of your life that's bringing so much value and richness to you as a person.
0: Wow, and that's transformative.
1: Oh, it's amazing. (laughs) Yeah,
0: because it could be something that you think in a negative way almost that is actually your superpower in a sense.
1: Exactly, and this is what... I'm just so sensitive. I think I'm overly sensitive, and that is actually not the problem. It's just that you're valuing things that are your sensitivity becomes something that wounds you instead of you using it like a weapon uh. so if if you point your sensitivity in another direction you can actually dig deeper into yourself and find out what this um be, because when when you're sensitive you're actually um taking in more information right is do you, do you think that's what sensitivity yes, is like yes if, yeah. yeah I do yeah. So, so this becomes a superpower because you have crazy ability to analyze deeper than the average person. And, and when you know how to point that weapon in the direction of, of analysis, then you just uncover a whole set of, of, um, oh, sorry, we don't have the words. I'm pretty sure we don't have the words. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, we're you having a conversation a that things. actually goes
0: beyond <laughs> words. <laughs>
1: But do you know what I mean? Yeah, I I do. You you actually have a way of seeing things in a deeper way and articulating things in a deeper way as long as you know where to shoot that thing, where Mm. to to fire it. (laughs)
0: It's such a, it's, that's such a great way of looking at it. And I can think of so many applications for people, you know, that say things about themselves, you know, or I'm too, you know, you get people like I'm too loud, I'm too outspoken or, you know, I'm too quiet or I'm too this or I'm, you know, I'm, I don't have enough ideas, all those sorts of things. When you dig into it, you can flip it and use it in a, in a positive yep. and expansive way.
1: That's it. And I'm smiling because I just love it. I love it when, when my ladies give me a challenge like this. They say, This problem keeps happening. I believe this about myself. And and so my head starts ticking and I just think, What is this? What is this? What what is this on the flip side? Let's dig let's dig deeper. And
0: and You're then a gift, Ange. <laughs>
1: I love it. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah. I know that it that it is a gift because yeah. I just get so excited. Well you can
0: hear it. You can hear it in your voice. Like you 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 can see things that others can't about themselves yeah, and, probably. And that's why. Yeah.
1: That's my sensitivity. And mm. I have suffered. You know, mm. I have suffered because of this because nobody could tell me this wasn't this was even this. You know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so all my life I've I've been feeling things and and being wounded by it and licking the wounds and the festering and oh my goodness you know like it just can, can become such a oh, trauma but then once I knew how to analyze differently that just made a whole difference because I, I could point this thing in the direction of analysis to be creative and this is where you know all the the precepts of, of creativity come into play because there, there is a law, just like the law of gravity. There's a, there's a law for creativity to work. And it's actually underlying everything that we do. It's underlying everything we do, the way we see ourselves, um, our relationships, everything comes back to this, to to creative foundation. So this, you know, and this just blew my mind when I, when I saw this in my coaching. It's like, oh, who would have thought that me trying to figure out what is stopping people from, you know, what's causing creative block would actually lead into, all right, creativity is foundational. (laughs) Everything, everything comes back to it.
0: One of the reasons that I do this work is because discovering my creativity had such an enormous impact on my life as far as how I feel, my confidence, like it it helped me overcome so many obstacles that I had that kind of realization that you're talking about, where I was like, this is it. This is what people need. Yes. (laughs) And then because
1: you, you can see yourself. Yeah. You can see yourself in a way too deep for words. And when you see yourself in process and you see how beautiful that is, how powerful that is, that you actually have everything that is required and more <laughs> because everything we have that we need is kind of in seed form. And if we don't understand that it's already there and it just needs to grow, then we, we suffer thinking that we're shortchanged somehow. We're that we're missing not something. enough.
0: Yeah, that yeah, we're, yeah, that's right.
1: We, we reach outside of ourselves and bring things in, but that doesn't help because we actually just need to grow our seed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, the number one thing that pe- I hear from people is the same. Comes back to the same message. I'm not good enough. It all comes back to that, and it's all That's it. as you say, feeling that you don't have enough inside yourself.
1: Because we've been disengaged from what what creativity actually is. Because when when you know that that you already have something, I think th- this is why I think we know we. As children, we, we just are creative because yeah. we, we don't second guess. We just go off and do it. And and what's happened? What, what happens between then and now where we feel like we can't do that anymore for some yeah, reason? It's,
0: it's fascinating. And I can see why you have, this has captured your attention. You've effectively studied this for almost your Ooh, whole life, this path of, 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 why are we so naturally creative as children? And what happens that we get so blocked? Like the Mm -hmm. fact that we're like that as children is proof that we all have it within ourselves.
1: Absolutely. Even frustration. I I talk about this a lot on my Instagram, but even frustration is proof. Frustration is proof that there's something bigger inside of you that needs to come out. Mm. Otherwise you wouldn't be frustrated. Wow.
0: Well, I am feeling very inspired. I know that many people listening are going to want to know how that they can do this incredible work with you. So when is the next group? When can people sign up to participate oh, the, in the, the coaching? The Chrysalis
1: program? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. it's, it's a, a process. So... First of all, if you just go onto my website, you can see under Creativity Coaching. Got a a link in the listing description of where you can book your Creativity Health Check, which is just a free 15-minute Um, one-to-one chat with me just about where you're up to and if this is the right option for you because I'm not going to take anyone's money (laughs) if I can't guarantee that this is you know that you're up for this and this is right and it's the best next step for you so we make sure that that's that's going to work for you. And then we just we go straight in. You book in, you're sent a the first journaling assignment and um, yeah, and you're just scheduling your six calls, which span over three months.
0: So people can actually start that process now yes. if they want to. Yeah. That's beautiful. Right. Yep okay yeah. and I can only take
1: so many because you know there's only one of me <laughs> yes that's true so
0: this is yeah, a limited opportunity <laughs> yeah yeah but you do have your online um the more technical side of things but still including mindset but your classes that people can sign up to on your website as well That's right. There's
1: there's one available so far, but I'm just going to keep adding to those. Okay. So So that's the intuitive
0: one, isn't it? Intuitive approach. And then there'll be,
1: you know, other sort of technical ones around the elements of art, discussing what the elements are and how to, you know, how to refine those tools so that you can find your style, stuff like that.
0: Well, it's been fantastic to finally get to talk to you. yes Uh, yes. we enjoyed it so much (laughs) (laughs) and it was as I thought it would be um so much that we um I guess think similarly about and yeah we're both on a very exciting path so wishing you all the best in the future. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I am sure we'll have you on the podcast again. Oh, I'd love to come. Once you've had more time to develop these classes and offerings and, and to see that impact that you are so excited for that is going to happen. Yes.
1: Well, you just say the word. I'm totally on board.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. All right. Well, enjoy the rest of your day and thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Laura. Thank you. Thanks everyone for listening in to this week's podcast. I have to say I am really enjoying doing these artist interviews and I can't wait to do more. I hope that you're loving them too. And if you are, it would be wonderful if you could share this podcast on Instagram, Facebook, tell a friend, just get the word out. Let people know that Ange Miller is on the podcast. And also if you have the time and you can leave us a review over on iTunes, that is going to be a big help so that we can get more interviews for you and keep this podcast going strong.